return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. to be here today, but we bless you in Jesus' name and glad you can join us. Some from other countries, we bless you in Jesus' name as well. Uh, some of you from India know that we're planning to come back again in January 2023, so we're excited about that opportunity to be back in South India and to just see friends there. Hallelujah. And we're all glad that you're here today. Amen. Uh, you know, we talked, we've, we've been talking something about God. God is moving. Amen. Something's happening. He's always, he's always moving. Amen. He's always moving. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's always moving. It's not if, he just is. And it's not that we have to feel that, like, I don't feel him. No, as we walk by faith. We get betrayed by our five senses, what we see with our, with our eyes or hear with our ears, or we, then we, we conclude maybe nothing's happening. That's not true. God is always working. Remember, we brought up the, the situation with Abraham, Genesis 16, 16, Genesis 17, 1. There's, there's two verses, two different chapters. The end of one chapter, start of another chapter, when Abram was, 90, was 86 years old. The next chapter, he's 99 years old. So there is a gap here of 13 years. A gap of 13 years of normal living. Nothing spectacular. Didn't, have, didn't see angels. Wasn't having visions and dreams. Wasn't anything like that. He's just working. He, or Abraham was a corporate man. He had a company. He had employees. He had people like that. He's just working. He's ordering his family. God says, I do know who, I don't know Abraham's heart. I know he'll order his family the way I want him to. Uh, uh, so all of that, you see, we, we think almost like oh, every week, we've got to see, we've got to see something. No, every week we need to walk by faith. Every week we need to have our eyes on Jesus. Every week we need to be available. But it's not based on all the other things that go on. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? So just keep that in mind. We're very tied to time, all of us, because we're in this realm of time. But don't allow time or whatever's going on or not going on, which you think, don't allow it to betray you. All right? Think of your life in terms, your life is a whole journey. Abraham's life, God called him the father of many nations before he had a child, and he ended up with one child of promise, one child, not, not nations, not a nation, just one seed that started all that. And so he had a concept that I am a part of destiny. You and I are parts of destiny. We had people that went before us, that lived for Christ, that prayed, believed, even in this city and in this region. People that lived, that prayed, that have died, yet their prayers are still active, and now we're living and so forth. And if Jesus doesn't come back, we'll leave this life as well, and someone else will follow us. We're part of a destiny of God's plan. You're part of, of, part of the, a spoke in that plan or in that wheel or whatever for what the Lord wants to do. So you can't look at your life as everything like, we are the end of all things. You know, we're, we're part of what God's doing today. Amen? I, we still have the stuff. 
out by Oakwood and so forth. In the early 1900s, they had a thousand people at a revival meeting. Think of that. Thousand people, you know, out there uh, uh, preaching the gospel and sharing. There's a place downtown. It's where uh, the old First National Bank building was. Uh, it's actually, there used to be an old bar down there, too, that I was familiar with. Someone put a tent up many years ago, and they called it the Tabernacle. It's in the Brookings History Chronicles, and they'd have hundreds of people come to revival meetings. So, so we think about, sometimes we think, oh, look at all that's happening today in some ways, which is wonderful, but we're all just part of this move of God. Amen. We're all, I always say we're a small part of a big thing that God is doing in the earth today. All right, so so we have to have to understand that. Even sometimes people in the spirit filled community, they can they sometimes give prophecies and they say things. You know how the Lord is doing this and this and this. And let's face it, most of the body of Christ isn't spirit filled. They don't even aware of those things. But big churches act like sometimes we're the center of attention, and you'll find some people we don't, they don't even know they exist. Christians, Jesus is the center of attention. Jesus is the center of attention. Jesus is the one who we glorify, we exalt. And he says, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. So 1 John 5, that we did share this, you know, we have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen. So this is faith. Faith. Without it, you can't please God. So we have faith. So we're asking according to his will, which is the word of God. Healing is his, is his will. Blessing you. Uh, taking care of your needs is his will, blessing your marriage, your children, all those things, that's his will. Ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know this, and if, if we understand that he hears us, whatever we ask then, we know we have the petitions that we desire of him. If I know that I have something, then I have something. So my, I'm, I'm speaking then with faith. So I'm not speaking as if I don't have it. I'm speaking as if I do have it. Amen? So, so there's, a, there's a big difference there. So, so we have to understand that God is working today, moving today. We ask, we believe, we receive. I always say you should, receive every, you should leave every prayer meeting lighthearted. Should end every prayer meeting with thanksgiving like, hallelujah. Shouldn't leave it with heaviness. Shouldn't leave it burdened down. Why? Because we just prayed. We just honored God. We gave things to the Lord and so forth. Amen? So we just gave it to Him. Now, we mentioned Zachariah and Elizabeth, which I just think uh, is a wonderful story again. It's like Abraham and Sarah. They're older. They hadn't had any children. He's a, he's a priest in the temple. He's, he's uh, without blame. He's walking in the presence of God. So sometimes, let's always keep in mind again, if, something, if, you, if you see somebody's life, and maybe they haven't seen their prayer answered, but let's not be those people who go on the witch hunts, the sin hunts. <laughs> Something wrong in your life. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. So forth. Just, just always not good. Amen. And, and uh, so you want to be the people that are going to encourage. Because we don't see everything. We don't understand everything. But I do know that God is good. And I do know that he's on people's sides. And so when it says this in, in <clears throat> excuse me, Luke chapter 1 there. Then it says, the angel said, don't be afraid, your prayer is heard. Again, very profound because they probably had quit praying maybe years before that because now they're older thinking it's not going to happen. And yet God has a record and he says it's heard. When was it heard? A long time before that, right? And your wife will bear you a son, you should call his name John. So this is the neat thing, your prayer is heard. 
When, when is God working? Well, right when you pray. Right when you pray, something's happening. Right when you pray, like we pray for healing. Next week, we're going to pray for healings. Some t- people will come up in a line, and if, and if they have prayer, and they think, well, I don't feel anything, therefore nothing happened. So we're training people to teach people. No, you receive when you have prayer. You're, you're receiving from the Lord. So anybody say could pray for you as a believer, but you're receiving from the Lord that something happened. Now, you might see, sometimes people see it, boom, just immediately. Some people go back and sit down, then they feel it. Sometimes it's a day later, but sometimes it might be years later. The point is, is that we're still receiving. We're, rece- we're, we're, we're acknowledging something, something's happened here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that right? So it says in Luke one twenty. then, of course, the, the angel Gabriel, like he was insulted, like, like Zachariah said, well, how is this possible? Boy, it isn't going to happen. Look at me. I'm an old guy. My wife's an old lady. Not going to happen. And, and the angel said, you're going to be mute. You're, you're, you're disqualifying what God is doing here. So I don't want your power of your words, power of your words. You don't want your words to cancel what God is doing. So he says, you're not going to be able to speak until the day that these things take place. And so after that, obviously, they had to have some sort of relationship. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. She has a child. And they call his name John. And he says, this is going to happen because you did not believe my words, which were fulfilled in their time. Isn't that right? Here's like a lot of things. Pastor Randy, come here just for a second. And I'm going to ask you just to keep picking this up. Stand right here when I set it down. So, so I... So you just you hold that. So so I'm asking some. Oh, can I have the pen? Can I have a pen, Pastor Randy? Okay. And so so now wait a minute. I asked for a pen. Can I have the pen, Pastor Randy? And then we have it, and then we let it go again. And then we said, wait wait. I thought I asked for the pen. Give me the pen. I thought I asked for the pen. And then we throw throw it down again. You know, pretty soon now he's going to get tired of this. He's going to get tired of this because I keep asking. He gives it to me. I throw it away. Right? See, God gets, God, God, you know, he's always good. But there is grieving of the Holy Spirit where, where there's frustrations. Not, not in a bad way. But it's like, hey, I gave it to you. You're, all, you're already throwing it away. I don't have it. I don't have it. You know, didn't get it. He says, no, I gave it to you. When did, I get, when did he get it? When I asked, can I have the pen? He gave it to me. Amen. So then I have to appropriate faith. I've got it. Right. Now, it isn't, isn't based again on what I feel, see, or think. It's based on his word that God answers prayer. Yeah. So I can't take, though, what he gave me and, and throw it down again. Amen. And then with my lips or whatever, I didn't get it. I don't see it. It didn't happen. Right. Thank you. So we have, to, we have to take it, receive it, incorporate it into our lives. Many, most Christians are praying like that. They're praying, they're praying, they're asking the Lord, they're throwing it down, throwing it down, throwing it down. I don't see it, didn't happen, didn't happen. And then Christians are sad, frustrated, or, or uh, uh, broken hearted. You know, they're sick if hope deferred makes the heart sick. I didn't get it, didn't happen. And the Lord said, no, 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 I gave it to you. I gave it to you. When, well, when, I don't see it when you prayed. Angels telling Zechariah, hey, I heard you when you prayed. It's like, well, I didn't, boy, we didn't. And of course, he's grumbling and complaining and negating what Gabriel is telling him. But, he's, but Gabriel said, all right, that's enough. I don't want to hear anymore. 
We're just, just be silent until this baby's born. Because this was why. It was, it was part of a plan. Words, they'll be fulfilled in their own time. Timing. Now, we on this side of life can't see all that. But we have to trust in Him who does, who does take care of us. Amen? Amen? In fact, folks, I believe adoption is a wonderful thing. So the fact, sometimes people say, well, I, I, didn't, ha- I didn't have a child. No, but sometimes adoption, all of a sudden now, you've entered into another destiny where a child comes your way and you take that child into your home as your own child and raise that child and they are your child. And now your life has changed with that, but also a whole other destiny's changed with that. Adoption's a wonderful thing. Sometimes people act like, oh, no, no, we never, we never adopt. Well, I just want to always say, you want to always want to be open to that. Amen. You know, because, because these are things that God works in all the time. And lives are changed and destinies are changed and so forth. And maybe the fact that somebody didn't have a natural child doesn't mean they don't have children that they might adopt and take into their home. All these things are powerful things. You know, we all, we'll, we'll talk on adoption again, but let me just say, we're all adopted in Christ. Most of us, we're not born Jews, but in Christ, we become that seed of Abraham. And we're adopted into the vine and we become a part of the body of Christ. Why? Because he chose to adopt us. Again, people get all confused in predestination as if he's picking one, rejecting others. No, he cho- God chose to love the world. That his love is toward everybody that whoever believes in him would have eternal life be part of that family. Wow, that's, that's a pretty neat thing, you know. So, adoption is a wonderful thing. It's all part of, can, can be all part of the timing and the will of God as well. Amen? So, so we talked, of course, we, Mary said, be it done unto me according to your will. And, and she embraced what the angel said. Nathaniel, Jesus said, I saw you before. And he's thinking, how do you know? You know, people, we can think we're unnoticed. God doesn't recognize us. He doesn't know where we're at. He knows everything about us. He knows how many hairs are on top of our head. He knows everything about us, and his plan is good, and he's working. Now, here's a good verse in John chapter 5. This is after Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, and the impotent man there and said, I have nobody to help me to get into the water, and Jesus heals him. And after this, here's a statement that Jesus said in defense of Jesus Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I am, I am working too. My father is always at his work. God does not stop working. Sometimes people may think, I've been in this case a long time. That, lay, that impotent man was there a long time, couldn't, couldn't see any answers. But God is always working. And Jesus says, I'm working too. He doesn't stop working. Amen. He doesn't stop working. He's always working. Always working. We, again, we don't have to see it. I don't have to feel it. But the fact is, that's true. <laughs> that's just how it is. God is always working. He's on the job. Jesus is always working. We said Romans 8. If God be for us, who can be against us? He's on our side. So, so he's for us, and, and he gave us, God commended his love toward us, even while we're enemies, we're adopted in, we're on his side, 
In other words, who, can, who could conquer us? Nobody if we stay in Christ. We're, 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 we can be undefeated in Christ. Now, the world may look at things different ways, and sometimes we tally it up by all these things, but God sees a different level than what we see. Significance of time that, that uh, um, how God may use people. Uh, was it, uh, who came again to speak to Saul? Was Saul, the Lord spoke to to go see Saul? Was it Ananias? All right, so, now that's the only place he's mentioned. But he's a certain disciple. He loved God. His heart was toward the Lord. He was obedient to lay down his life, thinking it might be the end. <laughs> but he's going to go in faith. But he's, but, he's, but he's that person. So he's mentioned in the Bible the significance of his actions we feel today, of that one person. We think sometimes that we have to have just all these things just constantly going, you know. No, that's not true. We need to love Jesus. We need to obey him when he says to do something. But otherwise, we're maintaining this relationship in our life. So once we come into Christ, we have this relationship, and we will have it until we see him face to face at the end of this life. So sometimes people, can, again, could look at someone and think, well, their life, yeah, but it's kind of insignificant, like God hasn't used them much. Who are we to say how much the Lord has used them? Who are, much, who are we to say how much maybe the significance of one place of obedience, how it changed the course maybe for a whole family that got saved? Amen. We don't always see those things in the natural. Jeannie gets saved, and, and eventually her brother and her bro, twin brother, a brother, another, all these people get saved in her family. She was the fork in the road that made a difference for her family. I was the same in my family then that makes a difference then now for other generations. Greater is he, John 4, 1 John 4, greater is he that's in us. It's greater than what? Greater than the things we face. So I think I can't, I can't, maybe I can't do it or I can't make it. Sure you can, because of who's in you. I can't on my own strength, but I can on his strength. Ephesians says that he'd open the eyes of our understanding, Ephesians 1. The eyes of our understanding, that they'd be open to, to, for us to see more of the spirit realm. Now, I'm only going to understand more of the spirit realm when I'm in the Bible. So if I'm not in the Bible, I'm not going to understand as much. Why? Because this is the fuel for all that other to happen, right? So you have to be in the Word of God. You know, people that... If someone said this way, if you're all spirit, you blow up, you're all word, you dry up. But if you have the spirit and the word, you're going to grow up. Amen. So the spirit and the word have to have a nice marriage. They, they go together. I love, I love the Holy Ghost things. I love, you know, excitement and all those things. But, but the word of God has to be the foundation of all those other things. Otherwise, we can get a lot of fluff. A lot of fluff, but no real substance. So, so then, the eyes of our understanding are enlightened that we begin to see with the eyes of faith. Amen. See the scripture by eyes of faith. Now, Habakkuk chapter 2. So this is a familiar verse again. Second chapter, verse 2. So the Lord said, write the vision 
and, and make it clear. So when someone reads it, it's clear enough that they can take it and do something with it. I always say the gospel is not to be complicated. If I hear things, if I hear things, even in messages, and it's really complicated, like, wow, that's really deep. I can't even begin to connect the dots. It's usually like, nah, throw it out. It's like a lot of people have spent their whole lives on end-time eschatology. And they've got charts, and they've got arrows, and they've got this and that, and so forth. And then, of course, this history happened. They keep changing the charts and the arrows and so forth, and it gets real deep. And what's going to happen when? And this is going to happen. This, this is going to happen today. Wow. Or, or, you could just love Jesus and be ready when he comes. You know, all the little dot connecting doesn't, okay, so what good? You got all this knowledge. Okay, now what am I going to do with that today? Well, that doesn't do any good about reaching our city for Jesus. Doesn't do any good about reaching your neighbor for Jesus. You got a bunch of head knowledge, but we don't want to be Humpty Dumpty Christians with a giant big head and all this knowledge and we can spew it out, but no actions. You know, when, the, when uh, Putin and them go to Iran, you know, right away, the end time people, look at Russia and Iran, look at all this going on. And I always think, and are you witnessing to your neighbor? I have a lot of eschatology friends, but the point is, are you witnessing to your neighbor then? This is happening, this is happening, Jesus is coming. Great, I believe it. Are you witnessing to your neighbor? Because you can believe all that, but your neighbor's still going to hell. So you have to do something. That's the whole position of the body of Christ. Many people are sitting, but not a lot of action, all right? So you have to do something. So you write a vision, you make it clear. You can do something with it. You can run with it. The vision is for a point in time. There's always a point in times. How many like things? I want it today, though. Well, faith is now, right? Today is the day of salvation. You want your faith current. You don't want to sit and think, well... Like they said in Peter, where's the promise of his coming? It's not going to happen. No, no, you always want to believe today. Someone said, well, if he doesn't come back today, it could be your last day, though. Could be your last day. Always want to be ready. Future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Now, even though it delays, wait patiently for it, because it will certainly come. It will not delay. Now, the, the point of this here, right here, is just saying that in the meantime, the vision is spoken and something's going on in the plans to fulfill that vision. There's still something happening in the spiritual realm. Ever look at the genealogies of Jesus in the Bible? You look at the genealogies and you see this person and this person and this person. Interesting enough, Rahab the harlot was part of that genealogy. <clears throat> It's not all these perfect people in there. It's just showing a timeline that we could think, oh, that's just history. No, that was a timeline. That was a plan. There's a fulfillment in things. Your life today is part of a plan of God. And I think, well, what, what is it? Am I going to reach the world? Well, you can reach your world for sure. If you, if you have family or loved ones, or children, grandchildren, spouse, whatever, you can reach your family. That's where it begins. And then it extends to something else. Yes, maybe I'll have an opportunity to do something else. Great. But in the meantime, we have to see our lives are significant in the plans of God. He's, he wants to use me today to do what? Well, first and foremost, we're talking here, of course, us, but also blessing my family. 
That's your first place of ministry. It's got to work in the home, right? <laughs> the love of God's got to get down into the home. It's got to work in the household. It's got to work couples praying and kids and things like that, sharing the gospel. So, so he says the time, it, you, the vision is out there. Now, it might look like it's delayed. It might look like you're waiting for it. But there is something happening in the meantime while you think nothing's happening. The example, I've shared this before, but I go to my computer because, because uh, say, I want a new Bible. And so I go and I go to the place on the computer, what kind of Bible that I want. And so I find a Bible in large print. <clears throat> and I do like red letter edition. And I've always read the King James, but I read all other versions. But my main Bible is King James. So anyway, I find the check the box. Okay, that, that, that. I want a leather cover. Do I want a black or brown or red? I want a brown. We do all these things. You check the dots. And then, and then at the end and so forth, uh, payment, where do you want to deliver? So I take my credit card, pop, 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 put it in there, went to deliver to my house. Okay, and I check and check it in, click, bought it. Now, that's gone. Maybe you printed your receipt. And now someone says, well, what'd you do? Well, I ordered a Bible. You said, you got a, I got a brand new Bible. They said, well, show it to me. Oh, I don't have it here, but I got it. I got it. I got a brand new Bible. It's mine. Well, show it to me, though. I, I want to see it. You will see it, but it's coming. It's mine. People say, wow, you don't have it, then it's not yours. No, it is mine. I have the receipt. I have the promise. I have the promises. I, I can bank on the promises. So as soon as I'm clicking to purchase and to order it and so forth, and all that's done, someone else, some other place, gets the order. Oh, Dave wants a Bible. And so goes out there. Used to have pickers. I don't know what they do now. But anyway, people go out and say, Dave wants a Bible. Let's go to the shelf. It's a black, it's a black brown Bible. It's King James. Large print. No, not small print. Large print. Okay. And then we've got this and this and this. Someone takes it. Someone brings it over. And someone says, okay. They pack it. Put a stamp on it. Goes to Dave Kaufman. And so forth. Get the address right. So someone picks it, someone packs it, someone sets it over in an area, and then somebody else later comes in. Hey, I'm going to get the, pick it up for delivery. It could be the post office or UPS, or the, they pick it up, put it in a truck. Now, in the meantime, Jeannie asked me, Do you, you ordered a Bible? Where's it at? I don't have it. So I go to sleep that night. How am I sleeping? <laughs> Wonderful. I'm not fearful. I'm not fretting. like... I thought I ordered it. It's not here. I don't see it. It's not happening. No, no. You know, you know. What do you understand? You understand the process. When you pray, God hears you. When you pray, something happens. When you pray, heaven is activated. There's things taking place. You prayed. There's things taking place. You don't see it. You don't hear it. But something's happening. Something's happening. You might get, boom, might be overnight. <laughs> but at any rate, when, you, when I order my Bible, I'm not worried. I'm not fearful or anything like that. And when someday, it might be a couple days or whatever, but ding, ding, doorbell rings. I go to the door, get, get my package. I'm not falling over like, oh, thank God. Oh, that is wonderful. Because the driver would think, do you need me to call somebody to help you? You need a little help. You seem a little wild here, you know. No, no, you, you just say, thank you. You expect 
expected it. Amen. You expected it to arrive because you understood the process. Isn't that right? You understood the process. So when you understand the process, then you have faith through the process to believe. Now, we don't always know the time factor. And that's the thing. As humans, when do we want it? I want it now. Yeah, I do too. However, I'm just going to keep my faith current every day and believe every day. If I don't see it today, it doesn't change my faith. I'm going to keep believing the promise. I have a receipt paid in full through the blood of Jesus Christ. I have a receipt. It is mine, and I'm, I can take it to the bank, to the bank of heaven. So I'm standing on these promises knowing that it's happened. People say, well, what have you died? Don't see it. Then I go to heaven. Hallelujah. Died in faith. But in the meantime, I'm living in faith. I'm living happy. I'm living joyful. I'm living rejoicing in the presence of God because he's good. Amen. So I have, you understand what I'm saying? The promises, the promises are ours. So you have to understand the process then. And then we don't have any worries, any fears or anything like that. It's like the farmer who understands, can work all day, he's prepared a field, now he's planted thousands and thousands of seeds. He comes in at night, he's tired, a little dirty and so forth, he's hungry. And, and uh, what would he tell his wife? He says, boy, it's going to be a good crop. Going to be a good crop. Well, we got seed in the ground. Well, where is it, honey? I don't see a thing. What have you been doing all day? Feels black to me. I don't see one thing out there. Well, they understand the process. Seeds in the ground, something's happening. Incidentally, only God could do that. People try to figure out all this stuff on seeds, but only God can do that. And all of a sudden, boop, sprouts, starts coming up and stuff like that. So we walk, we are people of faith, knowing that something good is happening in your marriage, in your home, with your family, with your kids, with your grandkids. Every time I'm with someone, say, just say your family, was, I'm planting seeds, planting good seeds, planting good seeds. Amen. Someone say, yeah, well, we, we planted a lot of good seeds. Keep planting. Amen. The farmer's going to, he's going to plant. He's not going to go out there and say, I don't know if it's going to work. Let's just plant a bushel. See if it happens. No, they're going to plant as much as they can. Why? Because they want a big crop. Amen. I want a big crop in life. So I want to plant, plant, plant with my kids, my grandkids, whatever. I want to plant their friends. I want to plant, plant, plant all the time. As much as possible. And the reason for that is because, of course, there's an enemy who wants to pluck up seeds. But I want to believe that there's going to be 30, 60, 100 fold. I'm going to believe that there's going to be a crop coming up. Abundant crop. And you may think, well, I don't, I don't see a lot. Folks, we live by faith. Who knows? I would, guess, I would guess that Dave Spolin would have been very shocked at the memorial service we had and person after person after person getting up from his school, official, uh, administrators, different ones like that, would be shocked at the impact that he had. He'd be like, oh, I didn't realize that. You can picture Dave doing that. <laughs> because why? All he did is plant seeds. Remember 1 Corinthians 13. You could have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. You can speak in tongues, all those stuff, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. 
Now, faith to move mountains is great. Speaking in tongues is great. Knowledge is great. All that's great. But the key is love. That's what Dave had. He just loved people. Loved people at school. Loved people that he's around. Administrators, teachers, kids. Kindness. So he's planting seeds all the time. And it bore a crop. And it's bearing a crop that a lot of it he probably never even knew himself. Never knew that it was even out there. Isn't that right? Let me just look at a couple of things quick. Judges chapter 6. 16, excuse me. So this is a story again. It's about Samson. Now you know the story, of course. <clears throat> so when there was no other leaders, God would raise up judges in Israel. Because otherwise people would do whatever was right in their own mind. And that doesn't go good. <laughs> so, so... Uh, he would raise up judges to lead Israel for seasons. And then usually when that person died, people went back their old ways. And then he raised up another judge. Samson was one of those people that was a judge in his time and day. Now, Samson, of course, the strength was in his hair, as they said. But his hair was cut. And I want you to see one thing here. He said when, when uh, Delilah woke him up, he says, I'm going to go out as before at other times, shake myself free. And he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. It's kind of a sad statement. Now, there's a lot of Christians, they're just doing their things. Not in the Bible, not in fellowship, not passion to serve the Lord and so forth. And unaware that they're kind of on their own. Samson is unaware. And he goes out and he realizes his strength was gone they poke out his eyes, and they take him to make sport of him then at that point. And uh, the Philistines just said he'd grind grain and so forth. <laughs> Look at that guy, you know, and grind grain. Okay. Now, here's, here's the point to this. All of us have had failures. All of us have had failings. Let's put it that way. Things where we've failed in. But because you failed doesn't make you a failure. Failure being a noun. All right. Failing being a, a verb, but a failure being a noun. doesn't make you a failure. And so many Christians get beat up by the devil because of a past thing that happened in their life, you know, that wasn't good. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't mean God can't use you. We have to understand that we serve this God of grace that is so good. Even people, listen now, people... People have had shortcomings in their life. People have gotten divorced and things have happened. And there's whole groups of churches that say, well, they can't ever, they can't ever serve. They've been divorced. Can't, can't be used. Wow. If he can use Rahab the harlot, I always think, yeah, I, I beg to differ. God is good. So Samson, you know, they put out his eyes. They bring him down. They, of course, they put him in chains and so forth like that. But here's a point that you should underline in your Bible. You should underline this in your Bible, all right? Verse 22 of Judges 16. It says, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now, that is a pivotal verse. Now, there isn't, there isn't a person here or a person watching. If you looked into the mirror and you stared at yourself, you're not going to see any hair grow. You're not going to see hair grow. But if you come back the next day, I think, wow, I could need to shave. You can feel like, huh, something grew. Yeah. If you left your hair for a month or something, you think, well, 
Yeah, it's growing out. But to watch your hair, you're not going to see your hair grow. And so while Samson was, was ridiculed and so forth, his hair began to grow right under the enemy's eyes. <laughs> it got longer, and every day he got stronger. 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 Every one of us have had things in our life that we think, oh, wish I hadn't, wish hadn't done that, wish that hadn't happened, or whatever. However, you always have a future. And the future is always in Jesus Christ. And the future is always in grace and mercy. So as hair begins to grow, which I always say when, when it looks like nothing's happening, something's happening. Something is always happening. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Something is always happening. It's always happening. God is always working by his spirit. So we can't see our hair grow. I can't. I, I love trees and so forth. But if I go and look at the tree, you know, I can't. See, springtime, you know, no leaves. I'm looking, I'm staring. There's a bud finally. I could look all day at that bud. And by the end of the day, a neighbor's probably thinking, you okay, Dave? <laughs> looking at that tree a long time. Yeah, well, I'm trying to see if, the, if it's going to grow. And it says, well, of course it's going to grow. Go in your house and have dinner, you know. <laughs> what, we have faith in the process. We know something good is happening. Samson's hair began to grow. It looked like nothing was happening. Something was happening all the time. Now, we have to understand that so that we don't quit. The enemy wants you to quit, right? Just throw in the, let's throw in the, ah, I forget. Nothing's happening, I forget. Let's go. No, don't quit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. You don't ever quit. We can't ever quit. Uh, who's to say, who's to say what will happen? In fact, I've still got that track on my desk. It was by a Lutheran minister named Herbert Morrood. And Herbert Morrood, uh, later in his years, he was in the Twin Cities and so forth. And he was on his deathbed with cancer. Lost a lot of weight, all those things. But Herbert Morrood loved Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, and just kept believing. He knew if he died, he had faith in Christ, he's going to heaven. But he kept believing. Boom. God touched him on his bed, his deathbed. He's raised up. Supernaturally healed and begins to travel for the Lord. Remember, we met him out at the Bible study. Yeah, by Arlington. Yeah, he came out there. Your, your uh, uh, past wife met him too. You know, so here, raised, raised, raised up supernaturally, touched by God. He didn't quit. You don't want to quit. You don't want to quit in life. You don't want to quit believing. You want to, don't want to quit thinking. You don't want to think nothing's happening. No, you want to keep having faith. Amen. That God is working. That's why Paul said rejoice in the Lord most of the time. Oh, that's right. That's the word. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord all the time. Well, that's in every season then. And there's many seasons. I, folks, I, just, I, feel, I'm just a, I feel like I'm just a bag of bones. I feel nothing. However, however, he's working. I've had times where I prayed for people and I thought, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. I didn't see a thing happen. <laughs> Nothing. I've had other times someone said, hey, can you pray? And I prayed for people. And we're talking about significant things here. Yeah, I'll pray. Felt nothing. They're healed. It doesn't come down to feelings. It's like people in the prayer lines used to be, shake people's heads. Don't shake people's heads. Don't do that. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't do that. Don't shake people's heads. No, you don't have to do that. Or people get in there, they're going to blow on people. All the things that went through the charismatic church, you know, 
just blow on people. I hope you got good breath. You know, or people then fall over. They got to fall over and didn't receive. You know, or they didn't have faith. And you have to fall over. Folks, the people that fell in the Bible were the unbelievers, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> Not the believers. Soldiers at the tomb, unbelievers. <laughs> so it's the unbelievers that fell. I remember Catherine Kuhlman was in Israel. This goes back, I think, in the early 70s or late 60s. Where she's in Israel, and people, first of all, they didn't like a woman preacher and so forth. And then there's one, there's one alien, Israeli minister and so forth, and they're kind of mocking and so forth, like, who are you to be here and so forth. And she just looked at him, and she raised his hand, and the guy fell on the floor, and he couldn't get up. Unbeliever. Couldn't get up. He couldn't get up. And they, she said, leave him there. He was there a long time until he got up. So it's not the conditions like we want to see things. Boom, people are falling. Oh, the Holy Ghost move. Maybe. Maybe. I've been in a lot of meetings. I, you know, I, it's, not, I, it's not what I see people falling. I want to know, were you touched? Were you ministered to? Were you blessed? That's what I want to know. I want to know what happened on the inside. Right? So, well, I don't even know how we got over there. Anyway. You know, God had your answer before you had a problem. So before you ever had a problem, God already had your answer. He's already provided our answers for next week, the rest of our life. Hebrews 6, verse 12. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. All right, the promises of God, which are ours. Amen. Hebrews 10, it says, don't throw away your confidence. You know, that, that, that has a great reward if you hold on to it. Amen. Verse 36 of Hebrews 10 says, you have need of patience. So sometimes we think we need, need the power of God. We need this and that and so forth. And maybe the Lord's going to say, no, you just need patience. Because it says this, after you have done the will of God, already done the will of God. Now what are you doing? You're waiting in faith and patience. Remember, it's not, you're not saying, oh, it, it didn't happen. You're, throw, no, you're not throwing it away. No, no, you're, you're holding on to your confidence. God is working. He's with us. He's on our side. He's on our side. And so we're, we're holding on to that so that we can receive the manifestation of the promise. Amen? A woman is pregnant when the seed and the sperm come together and there's conception. And most of the time, most of the time, people don't know immediately. Like, oh, I'm pregnant. You know. They'll know some days later or weeks later, whatever. But, but in the natural, you would think nothing happened. But in the, in the real realm, something has happened. There is a child there. The woman is with child. And, of course, then as time goes on, according to the time of life, that child grows within her. Amen. But she can go before she's ever, you know, might go to the doctor and confirm her pregnancy test. Yeah, you're pregnant. No one else may know, and she might say, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And someone says, I don't see it. But she knows it. She knows she has a child in her. And she knows that that child, she might feel nothing, but yet she knows it's her child. It doesn't come down to her feeling at that point. See, I think we're pregnant with a lot of prayers. We pray, we believe, you know, and so forth. But I don't feel anything yet. Just hold on. Don't, 
Don't cast away your confidence. Don't abort your prayer. Just hold on. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep having faith. People say, I've witnessed, I've witnessed to him for 20 times. Keep holding on. Kevin and Cindy lived two blocks from us, and in two years we saw him twice. And one of those times, never for long, but one of those times, Kevin came into our house. He came in. I walked in through the door. He paced, he paced like a, a wild animal. He wanted to talk to Jeannie. He didn't want to talk to me. He wanted to visit a little bit. He had to ask her something. In the meantime, he just walked like this, and he did this for about four minutes before he left. He couldn't stop. He was so nervous. Spiritual atmosphere. Remember the story of the, the pickup and it got stuck on KW? You borrowed it. You borrowed it. The old, the old radios and the rubber band broke and got stuck on KWC, Christian radio. So every time he turned it on, it was Christian radio. And he's, he was so angry. He had, a, he had an anger problem. He said that when he was here. He had an anger problem. He did have an anger problem. And finally he took his foot and he kicked the dash. He was so angry. Kicked it and he kicked it to try to see if he could just nudge it to something else. Got stuck there. I love that. But God was working. You know, if you looked at Kevin in those days, indeed, when he, he called to say he got saved, I'm thinking, no way. No way. You know, like, Kevin? Well, it was, it was dramatic. It was dramatic. And lot, there were, they were druggies and drug dealers and all kinds of things. Lots of people got saved. So it looks like nothing's happening. Something's still going on. Something's still taking place. So let me close with this. Mark 11. Speak to your mountain. What, what do you face? A mountain is something so big, it's out of reach, something you can't handle on your own. You have to speak to your mountain. Speak faith to your mountain. Amen? Speak to your mountain. So you're speaking to your mountain to deal with it. Be removed, be cast in the sea, but not doubt in your heart. Believe that those things which he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Is there another verse to that? I don't know if there's another verse there or not. Anyway, the, the thing is, is that you speak to your problem, faith. And when we're doing that, that's really like prayer. You're speaking the promises of God. You're speaking what Jesus would speak. You're speaking, you're speaking God's language. And you're saying, Lord, you're bigger than what I face. And so I put my faith, I put my trust in you for my, for my family, for my needs, for all the things going on in my life, for my future. I put my trust in you. And that's what you're doing. And not throwing away, casting away the thing again. No, not doubting in your heart. But, but the things you ask in prayer, believe that you receive them. When do you believe? When you pray. Right? Amen? Right when you pray. Believe that you receive them. And then, at some point down the road, sooner or later, whenever, you'll have them. The manifestation of them. Amen? So let's lift our hands here. Lord, thank you today for your love, your grace, your presence in our lives. And thank you, Lord, today that for all of us, great things are happening because you're in our lives. And you are God of greatness. You're God of the supernatural. So I say great things are happening in the lives of the people that are here today, the people that are listening. Great things are happening supernaturally. Great things, Lord, in their marriages and families and children, their jobs their physical health, their finances. Great things are happening in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we thank you for the supernatural. You're the God of the supernatural. We thank you for that, Lord. Our eyes are on you, Jesus. We just fix them there. We refuse to look any other place. And we thank you for your promises, Lord, that they're bought and paid for through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And they're ours today. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Jesus. We're not going to walk by our five senses, but we're going to walk by faith in you. And we commit our trust to you. With our hearts, hallelujah, Lord, with our hearts, we thank you. You're removing mountains. You're removing big things. You're doing the supernatural. We thank you today for doing it, Lord God. We give you praise for today, Father. We give you praise for these things. And I thank you, Lord, for manifestations. Thank you for manifestations. Thank you for helping each one of us in our lives as we grow in you, Lord God, fruitful in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You can hit the share button as well. Bless somebody else with it. Encourage somebody else in their faith and their walk with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Next Sunday going to be Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.